0: Uh, what do we call this? All the Book Show. What do we call this? Jeez.
1: Welcome to the All the Book Show, the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library. We talk book news, author news, and literary news. This I'm Nick. Episode Unning. 261. Thank you. I wondered if you were going to get that in there. I'm Nick Dunning, yeah. though, and you are. I'm Eric Michaels. It's
0: nice to meet you, my friend. How are you doing today?
1: Good. I like that we're just meeting. Yeah. As you said, nice to meet you. Yeah. But you've already considered me a friend. I
0: do. I do. I can just you know, I I get a sense about people and uh, I'm getting good vibes. I'm okay. getting good vibes off you. Did we decide <laughs> if we were gonna talk about Shakespeare or
1: dog books this week? Uh, we're gonna talk about Shakespeare dog books. Huh. Dog adaptations you know of what? Shakespeare. That's uh-huh. exactly what I planned for.
0: Good. So good, that's good, all good. gonna work out. Yes. Um just maybe we lean more on the dog book side of things today, and we talk about some All of right. our favorite stories with dogs in them. Okay, and, that's and not if Shakespeare right. comes up, then great. You know, right? Yeah,
1: then great. Dog, dog fellow. Huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you could have spent a little more time kicking kicking on some options, but you know, fine. Is Lading the Tramp Shakespeare? Is it? Is it not uh... Romeo and Juliet? Romeo and Juliet? Huh. I don't know. It's on Disney Plus. Has anyone in the world watched that movie, though?
1: Oh, the new one? Yeah. No. I don't think a single uh, person has seen it. Not me.
0: Not a single person. I watched some stuff. Be interested to see, uh, get your take on some of the things that I watched. Let's get into Bookmark. Bookmark. I watched the film Insomnia.
1: Oh, the uh, early yeah,
0: Chris, Nolan. Chris Nolan film. That's right. Robin Williams.
1: Robin Williams, Al Pacino, Al Pacino. Hillary, no.
0: Hillary Swank, Paul oh, Dooley, if you want to get technical. Uh, have you sure seen, do. Have you seen it? I haven't. Really?
1: I think oh. it might be the last one of Nolan's films I need to watch.
0: I guess I kind of consider you like a Christopher Nolan buff. I thought for sure you would have seen it and had well, seen it. Well,
1: I did watch the following, his like 20-minute indie film. But mm-hmm. no, I haven't seen Insomnia. I think I always thought it was a bit creepy. Didn't he direct Baby Geniuses with Christopher Lloyd? Baby Geniuses 2.
0: He directed Baby Geniuses 2. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They're both so good. That's the thing.
1: That's it's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, How do rare, you yeah. it's rare that
0: that happens. But it's anyway, always a marathon. Yeah. We're talking about the, uh, the Chris Nolan film Insomnia, which apparently is based on a Norwegian film with the same name. I wondered if it was based on a book because it has... It felt like it had book pacing to me. I could see it working really well. I learned that it was, in fact, not based on a book, but was novelized. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So there's a novelization yes. out there. might be interesting to read. I love I... Al Pacino. Um, yes. I'm a big Robin Williams fan. I don't know a lot of, like, really serious Robin Williams films that I would be like, yes, this is the one. But I mm-hmm. thought he was actually very good in this. Okay. I thought he really pulled it off. All right. So I liked it. Mara Tyranny. Yeah, Mara Tierney's in it. Yep. I love her from, uh, she's from two of my favorite shows, News Radio and ER. Heavy on Maura Tierney.
1: Yeah. So,
0: nice to see her pop up yeah. there. Yeah. And Liar Liar. Liar Liar. Yep, that's true. I, I was a fan of it. I think you'll enjoy it. You know? Okay. Here's, here's yes. my one. Here's I'm looking my... at his filmography. Mm-hmm. It's the
1: only Nolan film I haven't seen. Wow. Now that I'm following. Interesting.
0: You and I were like yeah. two two sides of the same coin. We're, we're a couple of puzzle pieces here.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah. Where okay. You could have gone with the two sides of the same coin and gone back to the dark knight with two-face oh yeah but then you said puzzle pieces and riddler wasn't in the dark knights
0: trilogy you know what was funny somebody in this was like i think maybe it was pacino was like i'm gonna rattle some cages you know and i thought that was funny because that's from the dark knight also or
1: or that's batman begins isn't it that's batman begins that's the first one when he's talking to rachel he's like uh i hear you want to rattle the cages he's like who are you he's like someone who's also gonna rattle the cages
0: i can't tell if you're doing batman or al pacino I'm doing Batman. you are who okay. are Batman? well that was <laughs> that made it confusing though i think it really who did.
1: are you who Can't... are i
0: His... <laughs> Batman. man <laughs> this whole town's out of order <laughs> all right um the only complaint that i have is i thought it was going to lean a little bit more in the whole insomnia vibe of it i thought there was gonna be a lot more like wait is this real or is he just having insomnia issues Maybe. and that was kind of a non-issue
1: there. Yeah, maybe you're thinking of Insomniac,
0: so, David. Maybe. Haven't seen it. Is Robin Williams in it?
1: No, it's a okay. series that Dave uh David would do called Insomniac, where he would just be up late and uh, uh, go to each go to different towns and see what their nightlife was huh. in, from like sunset to sunrise.
0: I can't imagine Al Pacino being down for that, but I'm, I hope they had a good time. Yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, so I watched Insomnia. I enjoyed bar it. Bar crawl! I'm gonna bar run! Huh. Chinatown. Wah! I watched Chinatown with Jack Nicholson.
1: Oh, all right.
0: Have you seen Chinatown?
1: I sure have. Do you like it? Yeah.
0: Real dark, real sad movie. It's a dark movie. Dark twist. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. I got to tell you. The I didn't director
1: see it. was a real SOB to yes. uh,
0: Faye Dunaway? Faye Dunaway, yeah. Yes. Yep. yep. So, yeah. It... I, I, you know, I haven't seen a ton of Faye Dunaway stuff. I think, like. Network. She, don't tell Faye Dunaway this. Do you promise me that you won't tell Faye Dunaway this?
1: It's Supergirl, isn't it? Is the only thing you've seen
0: for a long time. Supergirl <laughs> was the only thing I knew Faye Dunaway from. Uh-huh. But no, I've seen that. I've seen Three Days of the Condor, mm. uh, and I've seen this Chinatown. I and she she's on great She's on Grey's Anatomy as well, so I've seen yeah. that. But I must. I mean, I've
1: seen Network with her. I've not so. seen
0: Bonnie and Clyde. Oh yeah, Bonnie uh, and Clyde's great. But I love Warren Beatty, so I got to gotta get back there hmm. and watch it. Yeah. I learned that, that uh, Warren Beatty and Jack Nicholson did a movie together. I learned that because I was like, I either want to watch a Jack Nicholson movie or a Warren Beatty movie. And then I found they did one together. Jack Nicholson also did a Western with Marlon Brando. Huh. Seems like it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway, I, did, I found it a little slow. But I thought it was. Uh, it is slow, yes. I thought. Um, I mean, I was intrigued by it, and there's a sequel that they did way later that Nicholson directed, called The Two Jakes, which now I kind of want to see.
1: Okay. So yeah. that's it. I remember, I remember. liking a lot of stuff from Chinatown. That whole uh, why why do this? What do you ha- What do you what do you need that you can't already that you don't already have? Yeah. Kind of mentality. It's yeah. like, Yep. That's life. That's yeah, real Nich- life.
0: Nicholson is good in it, and it's a different yeah. it's a different kind of Jack Nicholson. I feel like yeah. than you often see. So it's catching him in an interesting spot in his career. Yeah. But I'm always a, good a I'm always a fan. I'm always a fan. That's what I watched. Did you watch anything you want to talk about before we move into
1: our books? Simpsons season six. We finished season six okay. of Simpsons. Is that who killed that, Mr. Burns? That uh, it ends with uh, who shot Mr. Burns, Right? right?
0: I don't think you're giving me enough credit for knowing that. Yeah,
1: no, that's okay. uh, that is impressive. Thank you. I told Kendra that she should technically have to watch, uh, wait, like three months to find out yeah. who shot Mr. Burns. That's only But fair. we're just going with the weekend. Okay. <laughs> so she's like, "Is it anybody we're supposed to suggest?" I'm like, "The clues are there." So no spoilers. She she doesn't know who shot Mr. Burns yet. You know what? I do. I know. Yeah. yeah. Kendra.
0: Weirdly wow. enough, it is J. R. Ewing from Dallas so it
1: was unforeseen (laughs) why are you screaming at kendra i don't know where she is i don't know where she is i was trying to think of any movies we watched oh Um, wow we really saw how the sausage was made there yeah because we switch we we do movie picks and everything and i cannot remember for the life of me anything on criterion did you watch anything on the criterion channel yes i did just watch something recently on criterion uh oh wait no, I'm thinking of the... What was it? It was something oh. on a channel. What? Wow. What did we just watch? Did we just watch a movie? Hi, Kendra. You're on the All the Book Show. Thanks for joining you're us. You're on the All the Book Show, Kendra. Hi. No, I don't
0: think so. We've just oh, my gosh. The- get her
1: out. Get her out. Cut get it. Get out of here, Kendra. Cut, cut, get cut, out of here. Get her out.
0: Uh
1: Oh, you know what it is? Bringing a Baby. I just watched Bringing uh, a, a Baby I for the first time. I love
0: Bringing a Baby. That's such a funny movie. Yeah. Classic film. Yes.
1: Gosh, it's crazy to think I haven't watched any movies. Fine. Crazy. Okay. Did I tell you I watched Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, like, apropos of nothing? Uh,
0: no, but you don't need a reason to watch a Jurassic Park movie, yeah. so that makes it not news.
1: I was uh, I, w- I was talking about some dinosaurs, or maybe I was, like, looking up some dinosaurs. Okay. I was probably just thinking about dinosaurs, and sure. I was thinking about the baryonyx. And so I was just like, well, I'm going to watch Fallen Kingdom, because <laughs> I like the baryonyx in it. Okay. And you know what? Then I watch-
0: I'm getting some breaking news over the headphones here. Apparently, I like Superman.
1: <laughs> so. You know what's... This this was funny. I stopped myself from doing this. After I watched uh, Fallen Kingdom, I was tempted to watch just Jurassic World. And then I was like, well, what if I just watch all the Jurassic Park movies backwards. in reverse order? In reverse. I have none, never done that. That would be a first time for Jurassic Park films for me. You got to watch those. You got to watch that Lego
0: Jurassic World. It was a gift. You have yeah. to watch it.
1: Are you going to watch that cartoon? I bought carto- it for you. I don't know if I'm going to watch that cartoon. You better. That Jurassic World day camp thing. You know...
0: Look, I respect your fandom, but I don't understand it. What do you mean? I don't understand. I mean, we just, you and I just fan differently, you know? How so? Well, like Back to the Future. Back to the Future, uh-huh. for example. You know, like, I want it all. If there's a Back to the Future thing, I want it. You know what I mean? <laughs> if I see, like, a little Back to the Future car, I want to buy it. If there's <laughs> a Back to the Future animated series that ran on CBS for a couple years, for example, I want to watch it. If there's a graphic novel series based on Back to the Future, I want to read it. Uh-huh. You on the other hand, it's like, hey, look, a Jurassic Park toy, and you're like, yeah, so what? I'm an adult, get out of here, you know. Or they're like, hey, look, there's a. You can bet if there was a Back to the Future Lego, I would have watched it and I would have it on Blu-ray. You mm-hmm. on the other hand, someone puts it in your hand, and you're like,
1: I tell you what, I don't have time. To be fair, there so is more I mean. Jurassic Park material out there than it is Back to the Future. I don't think Back to the Future had a time a, a toy line the same way Jurassic Park did. True. And also, I'm literally holding a Velociraptor action figure from the Lost World toy line. So I'm holding something that's, at this point, 13 no. years, not even th- uh, 23 years old. Right, but that's what I'm saying.
0: It, it's from from your childhood. It's not now. Yes. It's not now.
1: Uh, I you don't, have you don't d- fan the Jurassic l- Park trading cards right next to me over here. You don't here.
0: fan incorrectly. You just fan <laughs> differently from me. That's all. All right. That's all I'm saying.
1: I've only got so much space and sure. time,
0: so. Sure, I'm just I'm saying sorry. there's a, there's a new Jurassic Park cartoon, and you're like, I don't care.
1: Well, it's for it's the it's for small kids. It's not gonna have what I like. Okay. Which is dinosaurs eating people. Dinosaur mayhem. Also, they they printed and trade paperbackized the Back to the Future comics. Try finding the old Jurassic Park comics without having to like sell your firstborn. True, Nick. you're right.
0: You're right. I mean, you worked at a library for like a decade and didn't enter a library alone then, but I totally understand. <laughs> oh, totally I wonder if understand. I could
1: find them on a Hoopla.
0: Yeah, Maybe. Good, good call. Maybe. All right.
1: This was a weird
0: aside. It was. Yeah. What a backwards bookmark this has been. Let me tell you some yeah. of the things that I yeah. finished reading, okay? okay? I finished A Stab in the Dark by Lawrence Block. So this is book four in the Matthew Scudder series. This was pretty good. Uh-huh. This was about somebody who... Uh, he comes to Matt Scudder and wants him to investigate his daughter's death because it was assumed that she was murdered by a serial killer, but it turns out that she was a copycat. She was killed by a copycat, not okay. by the serial killer. And so the police are sort of like, it's solved. We're not going to do this again. So it, Matt is going and trying to figure all this out. It was pretty good. I've got to say, it was okay. pretty good. I enjoy the series. Uh, I read Thrawn Alliances by Timothy Zahn, and I don't have anything good to say about it. I'm sorry.
1: Okay.
0: I didn't really like. I didn't really like the first book because this is the sequel to the
1: like Disney era Thrawn book. Okay.
0: And the first book was like a, you know, just like the early days of Thrawn, and it was kind of episodic. And it just by the end of it, it was like, yes, I've read the Thrawn books. I understand that Thrawn is like a good, like, good at strategy. I don't need a whole book to tell me that. And that first book, he never interacted. with like Vader or anybody else that you would be interested to see him interact with. So it was just like, what's the point? I was more interested in this one because it was a team up between Vader and Thrawn, which has never really been done before because you don't see Thrawn in the early books until like all of that stuff is done, you know? So I was like, okay, well, that's cool. That's kind of more what I wanted in this. It's so dumb, Eric. Sorry. It's so dumb. It's just I know like to some extent all of all things based on like existing franchises and stuff are a little fanfictiony. y. This to me felt like a serious fanfic. Right. Because- Not only are they, like, teaming up in the present, but there's it's a two-part story, and the other half is a flashback where young Anakin Skywalker is on Thrawn's planet, and they meet each other, not realizing that this is Thrawn and this is Vader, like, later in the day. So, like, it's making this whole... Actually, Thrawn and Vader have known each other since the early days. Mm -hmm. And so there's this whole subplot of Thrawn and Anakin Skywalker trying to locate, like, Padme's crash ship, and it was just...
1: They do. Oh. Uh, they do meet in Clone oh. Wars. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that makes. So, sense. The, but this was beforehand.
0: All right, sorry, man. I just didn't. No, I just didn't like it at all, and it hurts me to say because I love that old Thrawn trilogy so much. But that probably has a lot to do with that I was like nineteen when I read it. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. finally, I want to mention Superman Smashes the Clan by Gene Luan Yang. This is an author that we have. We have quite a few of his book, American Born Chinese, uh, a lot of Superman uh, that he's written in the collection as well. I'm a big fan of his Superman work. And this was such a cool uh, set in the 40s about uh, a Chinese-American family moving into town, getting hassled by this group called the Clan of the Fiery Cross, uh, obvious and obvious standing for the Ku Klux Klan. Mm-hmm. And so it's a two part story Ushak! where <laughs> Exactly. Where <Official> Superman <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I'm very comfortable in saying that, yes. Um, so it's a two part thing where Superman is helping these kids in this family sort of deal with that. And he's yeah. also coming to terms with his own power, like figuring out his Kryptonian heritage and all that. As a Superman fan, I loved seeing him stand up for what it's like just and right, and helping this family. That was really cool, especially in the world in which we're living. It was nice to see that play out how you want it to. As just a Superman story, it was very uh, gritty. Is not the right word, but it was. There was something about like when he first experienced kryptonite. He's talking about like the smell of the kryptonite and the way that like just being around it makes him feel that was so much more realistic than how kryptonite is usually portrayed, where it's just kind of like, ah, kryptonite. This was like he was having this like visceral reaction to it, and it was like upsetting for him on top of hurting him. And I just okay. had never seen that done before. And, but there was just something about it that I thought like was so grounded and realistic for like a Superman's approach. I really appreciated the 1940s setting. I was surprised to learn that it was based on a 1940s radio show. Um, mm-hmm. That dealt with this clan of the Fiery Cross. Yeah, in life. the forties. In yeah. the forties, there's a pretty impressive that they would that they yeah. would do that. So I, I hats off, you know. Yeah. So this is a uh, this is a YA graphic novel, and I don't know that our copy is actually in yet, but it is available on Libby or Overdrive, so you can check it out okay. that way, which is what I did. Currently reading The Reckoning by John Grisham. Yay! And, uh, weirdly Old enough, Grish. also set in the forties. So. Hmm. A little Grisham historical fiction here. I've had this one for a while. It's one of his more recent books. And I was just kind of looking around, and I was like, that's it. That's the one. So that's what I'm reading.
1: All right. right. What about you? I read a Storm comic. I started it. It's 11 issues. So I've read the first volume, Storm Volume 1, Make It Rain by Greg Pak. The most, like, Storm-focused Storm miniseries I've read, really. The other one had been a Storm Black Panther story. A previous one had been Storm, but as a small child. So this yeah. is just like Storm as Storm, doing Storm things by yeah. herself. And we have this in the collection, so if anybody's interested. Yeah, both volumes. In. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying it. This is, the, this is the thing I would give to somebody who is asking for Storm comics right okay. now. And not just uh, X-Men stuff. I read Justice, Inc. I don't know how many people who listen to this podcast ever read, like, pulp stories about the Shadow or... Doc Savage or the Avenger these uh older pulp characters. I've never read anything but I have seen The Shadow <laughs> with Alec Baldwin. I can't believe that I haven't read any of those but I really haven't. Yeah. This is the first time they've ever crossed over in okay. 2015. Wow. The the whole tagline is the crossover only took 75 years to become a reality. It's not bad. It's fine. I'd probably like it more if I cared about these characters. Yeah, I was that trying would help. to just read something that I thought would be fun and pulpy, but Alex Ross who is the artist does the covers would have been perfect to do the whole series, but he didn't. And so it just kind of feels like a modern comic book with dated characters. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. If you grew up reading these pulp stories, If it is strange because you've read John Carter. You've read Tarzan. I have not read John Carter, but I have read Tarzan. Oh, I thought you read the first John Carter of Mars in no. anticipation for that movie. No, but Big I love
0: bad. I love that. The first Tarzan book is in my top 10 all time. Right. I love it. It's so good. Edgar okay. Rice Burroughs.
1: Yeah, I as a kid, I really like Zorro as a kid, like I dressed as Zorro for Halloween twice. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I really liked the mask of Zorro with uh, Antonio Banderas. I feel like I've never seen the sequel. I have never seen the sequel. You know I what, of, though? I, I, I keep wanting
0: time. to read that Isabel Allende Zorro book. Remember that? We talked about that forever ago.
1: Got, oh, like the post-apocalyptic one? No, that was no, no, no.
0: This is just like a straight-up Isabel Allende just wrote to Zorro book. So I got I need to just check that out and hold it All in right. my hand because I always need to read it.
1: So that's that. I've read uh, been reading a Daredevil series uh, by Charles Soule. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read Suicide Squad. I got the DC comic app for my birthday, and so I read um, I reread actually Suicide Squad Volume One: Trial by Fire by John Ostrander, yeah. who is a writer that I tend to love, whatever he's writing. His Star Wars stuff. He wrote Star Wars uh, Legacy, the Star Wars comic about the Luke Skywalker descendant a hundred years after Return of the Jedi, which is no longer canon, but it's probably like one of my favorite Star Wars stories ever. He
0: also wrote one. This is so strange. It's called Superman the Kents, and it's just a western about like the Kent family in the Civil War era. Sick. So <laughs> bizarre. You've never read that, have you?
1: No, I uh, maybe, maybe. not.
0: You should check it out. Maybe it's on the I app. Think so
1: uh so yeah i wanted to read the suicide squad series for a while it wasn't in trade paperback until the movie had come out um but they were slowly putting it out uh, you couldn't binge the series or anything but they are all out now and the dc app has all 69 issues so i decided to read the first volume uh we do have a little
0: it. we do have a little of the australian suicide squad in the collection as well so if yeah for that, yeah I got
1: some. definitely the smartest of the suicide squad comics okay these days, Suicide Squads a guilty pleasure, but these John yeah. Strander comics are like a really cool '80s read. Okay. And also, the uh, Wheel of Time, Book Five. Wow. Chapter and a day. Simpsons season six. Chapter as I a day.
0: Are you back to your chapter a day pledge? No. We, we got to hold your feet to the fire wow. here at the All the Book Show. We really. I, I know. I need to. I'm a mess right now when it comes to reading. Understood. All right. Well, let's get yeah. into some book news. Hit it, Ben. Look into the future to see what it proves. It's time for book news. Yeah. I wanted to share with you today, Eric, I know we have a long long history with uh, Mr. Stephen King, and I want to mention that he's got a new book that they've just announced that's coming out in 2021. This is part of the Hard Case Crime imprint. You remember these books, Eric? They did the Crichton one that we read. His Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, yeah, yes.
0: and they've done, this is their third Stephen King that they put out. They put out The Colorado Kid in 2005, which served as the basis for that sci-fi series, Haven. Uh, they also put out his 2013 book, Joyland, and now in 2021, the book is going to be called Later. And it is about, uh, it's a crime novel, of course, uh, following a boy with a supernatural ability. So, I, you know, I like the uh, hard, hard case crime imprint. They tend to take some things by authors that, just, just interesting things that they're pulling out. They publish a lot of, like, Donald Westlake. Different things. They they take like early Crichtons, things that were maybe like later day books by really prominent authors that didn't get their due, or maybe were unpublished or published under a right. pseudonym. They just tend to unearth some interesting things, and so uh, they're doing this new. Did you read the book.
1: Colorado Kid? I did. Yep. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's good. And this is you know, the third they've done. This is the third Colorado Kid, Joyland, and then this one. Colorado Kid is interesting because it's a cold case. And you don't really get the answers that you're looking for. So it's kind of got a divisive. When you look at the reviews, uh, people are either really frustrated by that or they dig it. And I guess I knew going in that it was about a cold case. So I liked the way it was structured. I, I thought it was cool. Uh, but I've not seen the show, okay.
1: Haven. I've not seen that. So I don't know. Anyway. That's Haven. what, hey, oh, yes. I do remember finding that out because somebody has suggested I watch Haven. Yeah. And had mentioned, yes, that was what it was based on. Interesting. Haven.
0: Okay. Yep. Uh, that's it for my book news. You want to share this uh, the, book, the book list that we're looking at this week, Eric?
1: We've got the 12 best Indian novels that everyone needs to read. If Let's you can't it. travel there, the next best thing is to delve into one of these works of fiction. The article is by Emma Lee Potter of The Independent. All right. Take it away. All right. On this list is A Fine Balance by Rohinton Mistry. It's set in 1975 when the Prime Minister Indira Gandhi declared a state of emergency due to civil unrest. So, you know, if you're really craving that uh, yeah, that civil unrest, sure, state of emergency of uh, storytelling, we've got yeah. Uh, all right, next up is a Suitable Boy by Vikram Seth. Uh, published by Orion in 1993. This huge tome, one of the longest novels published in a single volume in the English language, wow, really, is a much-loved classic. All right, set newly independent post-partition India, it follows the stories of four families Four families focusing on Rupa Mara's efforts to arrange the marriage of her spirited student daughter, Lata, to a suitable boy. Uh, the first screen version of this epic story is currently being filmed in India and will be shown on BBC One in late 2020.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. Now, see, now I need to see how big this book is.
1: It's the biggest book. One of the biggest books in the English language. I guess, yeah. The God of Small Things by Uradahati Roy, 1997. Uh, set in the southern state of Kerala. it relates the childhood experiences of twins, Esther and Rehal who see their world shaken irrevocably by the accidental death by drowning of their visiting English cousin. Yikes. Won the Booker
0: Prize. Yeah. Ah.
1: Midnight's Children by Salman Rushdie. Salman Rushdie. You know Salman
0: Rushdie. Rushdie. I mean, not personally. My wife did meet Salman Rushdie personally. I I do? No.
1: No. At at
0: a writing conference. Salman Rushdie, you're not familiar with? Like, Satanic
1: Verses, or... Mm-mm. I've never read Salman Rushdie, so here, I'm not pretending oh. like I'm an expert, but... Born at the stroke of midnight, at the precise moment of India's independence, uh, Salim Sinai, the novel's protagonist, is one of 1,001 Midnight's children, all who mm-hmm. have special gifts and are telepathically linked. Ooh, interesting. The inheritance of Loss by Kiran Desai, set in 1986, the year I was born! Oh! 34 years ago it's the powerful and very accessible story of a bitter old judge who lives in a dilapidated mansion high in the himalayas his orphan granddaughter sai who has fallen in love with their tutor and his cook whose son bijou is working in new york and trying to stay one step ahead of the u.s immigration services hmm. santaram by gregory davis roberts gregory roller coaster life reads like a thriller uh, he's an ex-armed robber, reformed heroin addict. He escaped from Australian prison to India where he lived in a Mumbai slum, launched a free health clinic, joined the mafia, and worked in the Bollywood movie industry. Wow. This page-turning debut novel is based on his own experiences in the Mumbai underworld and great. runs to a hefty 900 pages. Yikes. The White Tiger by Aravind. Adiga. Debut novel tells the searing tale of two Indias, one of them Bellroom's home village, where sewage seeps down the road and children are too lean and short for their age. The other is the city of Dali, where it's noisy shopping malls, traffic jams, and slums. Look out for the film too. A Netflix adaptation is underway. Wow. The Year of the Runaways by Sanjeev Sahota. The first half of the book features sections about their lives in India, relating their disparate reasons for moving to the other side of the world. Randim marries to secure a visa, Avatar poses as a student, and Toshi arrives in the UK on a fake passport in the back of a lorry. Book was shortlisted for the 2015 Poker Prize. Witness the Night by Kishwa Desai, 2010, when a traumatized young girl is found barely alive. In a house where 13 people have been murdered, the local police assume she's the killer. Mm. But the feisty, gin-swilling social worker brought (laughs) in to review the case is convinced the girl has been framed and sets out to prove her innocence. Sounds fun. And Polite Society by Mahashi Rao. Karana is a spoiled, rich 25-year-old living in a luxurious Delhi mansion. She knows everyone who is anyone in the city, but she's bored and in need of entertainment. Following Emma Woodhouse's matchmaking setups uh Ani first finds a husband for her spinster aunt then sets her sights on doing the same for her friend dimple only to find the path of true love doesn't always run smooth it's take so on... it's a contempt
0: yeah yes, okay emma i read another contemporary or... take on emma uh written it's by an alexander indian
1: M- novelization of clueless oh yeah <laughs> depends on how you look at it yeah.
0: i read alexander mccall smith's uh adaptation of emma oh uh-huh that was a rough read I was not no. a fan of it. Yeah. All right, thanks, Eric. That list uh, is from The Independent, so you can find more about that at independent.co.uk, and we'll share it on Twitter so you can see all of the many books on the list here. But nice uh, nice to see some variety in there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, this week, uh, we're going to be talking about our favorite dog stories. Yeah. So it was hard. You know, when I was going through on my list here, it was hard because I felt like I couldn't talk too much about Christmas dog things because, you know... It's not Christmas time. Nobody wants to hear that. All your dog books are Christmas books. <laughs> a lot of them are Christmas books. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you there. It, it, it really is true. Uh-huh. But um, I, I found a decent amount here that we'll go through. And we also found a good list uh, from the Oprah magazine that lists some of the uh, their recommendations for the best dog books. So we'll bounce around a little bit from that list in our own personal favorite.
1: Hit me up, dog Eric. Dog books. What do you got? What What's your earliest memory of a dog book? Earliest memory of a dog book that isn't just like spot or no, it can be, sure it could be spot sure. I mean I, yeah I read spot as a kid okay. I, I don't know if it was necessarily my favorite
0: yeah uh, Oh wow harsh critic here
1: gosh what Take was my spot. first dog book I, I we talked about this when we did the Jack London but it might like the first like dog novels that I read might have been the junior illustrated classics of White Fang mm-hmm. and Call of the Wild okay that makes sense so uh yeah those would be my first ones I think first and favorite would you say I mean, yeah, they became my favorites. Uh, some of my favorite books of all time. There you go. Uh, all the Wild and White Fang. Nice. I always enjoy a good dog in a book. And sometimes
0: there there are books that are like, the dog is the focus. And other times the dog is just kind of like, fills out the character a little bit. So um, I know I talk about Robert B. Parker a lot, but I j- just got to get right out of the way. Don't you? The Sonny Randall <laughs> series written by Robert B. Parker. And then the new volumes coming out now written by Mike Lupica. But Sonny has a, a French bulldog named Rosie. And it's just, you know, it's not a huge part of of the story, but Parker uses it so well to flesh out the character. Like, you see how much she cares about the dog, and, like, Sunny and her ex share custody of this dog, and they're both really finicky about it. And just the way they treat her is a really fun part of those novels. So while Rosie's not the forefront of those like mm-hmm. her presence really says a lot about the character. So I like when, you know, the animals are used in that way to show you a different side of the main character. Right. So that was the first one that came to mind when we started talking about this.
1: All right. According to uh, my Goodreads, in order, like the first dog, dog book I read would have been Stone Fox. I don't know what that is. Stone Fox by John Reynolds Gardner, published in 1980, or at least this version is. i'm gonna spoil the crap out of this book because it's all that it it had a movie it's about a boy who lives on a potato farm with his grandfather and his grandfather gets sick and so he joins a dog race it's in wyoming the the winter's coming uh they're not going to have enough money so he he enters the national dog race because the money will save the farm and his grandfather and so it's the story about him and uh his dog, he, he also uh, interacts with a uh, Native American man named Stone Fox who has never lost the race. At the end of the book...
0: Spoilers! Spoilers!
1: At the end of the book, the boy is about to win the race. He's, he's winning. And his dog's heart oh. explodes oh. and dies. And so... that You don't want that. And so Stone Fox stops, draws a line in the snow with his gun, and says, "Anyone cross this line, I'm going to shoot them." And meanwhile, the boy picks up his dog and carries him over the finish line, That's... so that he wins the dog race. I've heard
0: you tell of this book before, and I never will read it.
1: I will never. I don't ever, ever forget. Ever this book it is such a ridiculously heartbreaking ending and it's just like that's a boy carrying his dog over that's the finish line i you, you just imagine like in another and another version of this book he's like we're gonna wake it boy we're winning boy yeah. <laughs> carrying him over that's it's like I, you were a good dog i don't
0: you know if if the dog you just never know what's gonna happen with the dog and i the the tension of that ruins movies for me that's why Unless. That's why I appreciate the mountain between us. Do you remember yes. this movie? is that what I you were going to say? I remember the marketing. Yeah, the, the dog's ma- okay. Or mountain the dog be- mountain makes between it. us. Yeah, based based on a book starring uh, who? Who is in that movie? Edris Elba, Kate it's... Winslet. Yeah, and yeah, all of the marketing was like the dog lives. And yeah. honestly, I don't think I would have seen that movie otherwise. I don't think I ever would have watched yeah. it because it was a hashtag. I, I just yeah. don't want to mess with it. But the... yeah, that that's based on the book The Mountain Between Us by Charles Martin. But yeah, the dog lives. Hashtag the dog lives. Just tell me up front. Just tell me up front. That's all. That's all I'm going yeah. to say about that.
1: Well, then, yes. The dog does not live in Stone Fox. Yes. I read the Midnight Fox. Not really a dog book because foxes are different types of canine. I'm yeah, not gonna... getting real uh,
0: fast and loose with the rules here.
1: Sorry. So we won't talk about Midnight Fox I
0: should say. by...
1: Um, oh, Eric, I read a book about a cat. Is that okay? <laughs> we won't talk about Midnight Fox by Betsy Byers. It's more about the kid just seeing a fox in the distance and it changes the summer. Uh, I guess the next book on this list, the kid's book-wise, would have been Old Yeller. Oh. By Fred Gibson. Also, uh, I mean, are you are going to spoil this one, too? I, well, you don't you can't spoil this anymore. Okay. I, uh, I've never seen the movie, but I did read the book. Okay. And, yes, another book where the dog, don't make it. Oh. Uh, setting I mean yeah it's just a story about a boy and his dog and then and uh have you you know the ending I think so the dog defends the family gets rabies and then the boy has to put the dog down okay that's what I thought
0: that's awful as far as Uh, children's like books of that age that I've read I would probably say Brian's Hunt by Gary Paulson um because that's one where it's kind of the book's kind of a pain because at this point like the hatchet story has is played out and uh, brian's pretty unpleasant at this point but this the fun thing about this is that he finds a dog in the wilderness and has to sort of like get the dog to trust him and then like their companions it, you know i liked that that saved the
1: book for me that was a lot of fun yeah you know i was thinking like oh hatchet doesn't have a dog it, it could use a dog yep brian's hunt old yeller and then also where the red ferns grow yeah uh yep. both of those are on hashtag... the open list of course not all the dogs make it. There's two dogs.
0: Okay. I believe
1: one of the dogs... It's been so long since I read it, but one of the dogs dies fighting a bear. It's too much for me. And then I think the other dog just dies of a broken heart. Okay. Let me tell you so a few... It ways. lost the will to live. Yeah, apparently. You've yeah. never read Where the Red Fern Grows? No, I haven't. and Nor have I seen the movie. It's a brutal book now. Yeah. Because the, the boy wants to get into raccoon hunting, and that's why he gets his dogs... I mean, depending on how you can handle this stuff, he describes, like, what you do to raccoon hunting. Like, oh, how no, you thanks. trap a raccoon and <laughs> how you, like, club it. and it's know, that's just like, jeez.
0: Unless it's hashtag the raccoon lives, I don't think that that's, that's one for me. Yeah, the raccoons don't live. Let me tell you a few from the Oprah list, all right? So this is at opramag.com slash entertainment slash books and so on. But the first on the list is the story of Edgar Sawtell by David Robleski. This was an Oprah's book club pick, uh, and it follows a character who has to learn to serve on his own in the wild with the help of three dogs he's he's overcoming a tragedy and uh just him and these dogs out out in the wild uh working together Mm -hmm. so that's actually that's one that i've wanted to read for a long time but have Uh never actually read it the oprah list has a dog's purpose by w bruce cameron this is about a dog named bailey who discovers the purpose of his own existence through his impact on the humans he loves this was the one that had the film based on it i haven't read that one but i have read a dog's way home and that book is crazy it's kind of set out it, like it's put out there like it's going to be a uh like a homeward bound style book where uh the dog gets separated from his family and they like move to another state and the dog goes and finds him. This dog <laughs> goes through some hardships. At one point the dog is tied to a dead hobo and is just trapped tied to this like corpse. It's not a heartwarming book. I don't understand why people like it. I hated it a lot. Hmm. Oprah hmm. didn't put that one on her list. She put a dog's purpose, <laughs> uh, of course. Call of the wilds on there because of winn Dixie by Kate D. Camillo. Did you ever read that one? I know that one's. What was that Newberry? I feel like. No,
1: I haven't. Yeah, yeah. That's uh That's one of the the girl in her dog books. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, yep.
1: So no, I have not. Uh, it was not one that we read in school. I
0: never read or watched so. Marley and Me, which is also on the Oprah list. I don't have that in me. To watch um, Red Fern Glow yep. grows right there. Art of Racing in the Rain by Garth Stein, also on the list. Nope. Um, that, that was a, uh, one that you said a I, about too long ago.
1: In school, uh, fourth or fifth grade, I read Shiloh. Oh, okay. By Phyllis Reynolds Naylor. Yeah. It was a very sad and frustrating book because it is basically about a boy... Trying to rescue—oh my gosh, he looks like my dog. Uh, trying to rescue a <laughs> beagle from a bad situation. Um, I don't remember. It's been a long—I don't remember so like how the, descriptive the bad the, situation like is.
0: Like the beagle was trapped in a loveless marriage or something, and Shiloh was trying to get him No.
1: Out. Okay. His owner, Judd, is a, is a bad guy. Oh. I, I think he keeps him tied up, oh. maybe starves him. I don't Jeez. remember if he— uh, Oh my gosh, looking at this cover, it's just a young be- beagle puppy. Yeah, my beagle is super annoying, but at Whoa. the same time, every time I see a really? uh, picture of a beagle, I'm like, that's my beagle. Okay. Uh, there's a dog There's a dog book called Wish by the person who wrote uh, How to Steal a Dog. Yeah, Barbara O'Connor. But it's a cover with just a beagle puppy on there and a little girl. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't read this.
0: I have rejected, we had to watch the movie I have rejected book club picks because I read and it was like a dog gets hurt in this. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't well, need that. Well, the benefit
1: in my of Shiloh is the dog does make it. The boy nice. ends up working and like doing it. a lot of uh, jobs for this guy, Judd. Okay. And, uh, earns it. He earns it. And at one point you think that maybe Judd isn't going to uh, keep Pulled his promise, through, yeah. but he does get to, uh, keep the dog and raise Shiloh. And then Shiloh was a whole bunch of, uh, books you get a shiloh christmas oh, right. yeah season, yeah saving shiloh why do you got a shade is, that the,
0: is frankie muniz in that movie am i thinking of the right thing you're thinking my dog skip
1: you're right which I is have. sad made my sister cry mm. up a storm my youngest sister 10 years younger than me she saw this as a as a kid uh skip lives uh there's a scene where they're fighting some uh some crooks and one of them hits shy Shil- uh, hits skip with a shovel oh my and gosh and skip is done oh, wow uh and but it's okay cuz at the end skip lives but then uh, what happens is like the story keeps going on and Frankie Muniz's character is narrated by an adult i don't remember who's the narrator he's just like but then i went off to college and well skip just sort of lost his heart and so like skip dies missing his owner who went Stop. off to college
0: don't t- <laughs> what? don't tell me these things the narrator uh, the narrator's
1: harry connick junior okay my wife will not let us watch hachi
0: Oh, makes sense. Yeah. That's the, the story Richard about thing. the dog. Nope, don't even say it. That I'll take
1: my headphones I got, off. We're, it's a dog. Don't episode, say so it. You should have known what you were doing. I'll say it. I'm fine. I can handle this stuff. Headphones are uh, off the It's a story you. about a dog whose owner goes off to war, I believe, and the dog waits at the train station la, 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 every day for its whole life. La, 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 so sad. La, la. <laughs> All right. Are you done
0: saying sad things now?
1: Short time. Okay. You know what book I've always been trying to find? If it's sad, I, I'll punch you right in the face. Not sad. I okay. have really been, I don't know if anybody can suggest this to me, but I have been trying to find it, and I haven't really found any, where it's a story about, like, man and dog, and, like, because everybody's always saying, like, oh, dogs domesticated us, we domesticated dogs, right. we started working together, it changed our life, it, it changed their genetic uh, road and you know i want a book that like really like describes and outlines and goes through the history of like man and dog through history wasn't there just a movie about that you're thinking alpha Okay. Alpha is a is a story about a boy and his dog set during uh like very ancient history like the first domestication of dogs. But I'm okay. talking about like I want like because we did this, this is happening now with dogs, and because we have dogs, we're able to do this. Okay. I just want like a historical retelling of uh, of man and dogs. Understood. I mean, my dog is you. I'm, I'm I'm sitting next to Scooter, my uh my dog who uh, is Shout a corgi mutt,
0: hey, corgi
1: Scoo- maybe terrier. Uh, he, he's kind of a dope. I don't think that he would help me survive anything. Okay. He has a big bed, but he's right now sitting in a cat bed that is too small for him. I think, I think he'd defend your honor. Push comes <laughs> to shove. Yeah, would you, buddy?
0: I think he would. No, he's not I even think, getting up. I think he would. Let's go classic here. I read one called Lad of Sunnybank by Albert Pace and Tyrone, and there's a couple oh, okay. of these Lad books. And these are just heartwarming short stories about uh, a collie named lad and it goes through mm-hmm. his whole life there's a story about when he dies uh, there are stories about when he's a puppy it, it, it just covers like his whole life and so there's multiple books and it's just like lad going on little adventures lad enjoying the sun you know lad rescuing mm-hmm. people lad playing with a the ball they're they're nice they're pleasant i like to read the only book that i've ever really like i read one book called Dog on It by Spencer Quinn and it's a Chet and Bernie mystery and the the dog is the narrator. It's the only the only book series I've ever read like that. And you know what? It worked better than you'd think it would. I've only ever read the first one, but I intended to read more and probably will now because of this episode, but mm-hmm. you wouldn't think you think it would be a little too precious, but no, I think you found just the right like tone for it and it works mm-hmm. pretty well. So I like it. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, Jake's first morph in Animorphs was his dog, Homer. Okay. He turned into one. I think it's supposed to be like a, uh, golden lab that he transforms into. Okay. And it's, it's just so sad. I got the book. Ah, it's in the closet. Uh, it's funny because he turns it, when they turn into an animal, depending on the type of animal they morph into in Animorphs, they, uh, they get kind of taken over by the animal instincts, And the dog is just when he turns into Homer for the first time and he's not like when he turns into his dog for the first time and he's not prepared for it, he's just overwhelmed by all the dog stuff. Like he's happy or he's sad. It's like, it's all these emotions. And he's talking about how like, uh, you're not colorblind, but you just don't care about like colors. That just doesn't mean anything to you. And at one point, Jake's brother comes in and Jake's not there and he's like, bad dog, because Jake is the dog. He's like, bad dog. No bark, bad yeah. dog. And Jake as the dog is like, bad dog? I'm not a bad dog. I want to be a good dog. <laughs> and it's just like, oh no, it's, it's just so hard. It's happening. It's, like, it's he just happening. A dog. He doesn't know. He's a good boy. So, <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, Always fun when the animals turned into dogs. Sure. They were always just they were just like, the the world to them was just so exciting. Yeah. Everything was just, yeah. you know, at eleven for them. Yeah, I mean, so. I mean
0: when you got Horkbushers on your case, you really wanna you really wanna <laughs> chill as a dog. You know, uh, it,
1: it does seem kind of like a yeah a a yeah. uh, uh, good use of therapy.
0: Well, I got sure. a couple of graphic novels. I want I, a couple of graphic novels. I want to tell you about. Oh, really? Science Dog by Robert Kirkman. Oh, right. Of Eric, have you <laughs> Yes, you have heard
1: of you Science You heard of this. Dog. Okay. Please continue. All right. So about the, Science
0: Dog. Image Comics has a long-running series called Invincible. And in the comics Invincible, they're always reading this comic book called Science Dog. And so Robert Kirkman and Image Comics put out a one, it's maybe like two or three issues. It's a very slim volume of like the actual Science Dog comic. And, like, it could just be uh, just kind of a write-off, like, ah, we made Science Dog, isn't it cute? It is, like, weirdly good. It's a a time travel story. It goes, like, darker than you'd think. And really, like, you know, like, they're not phoning it in at all. It's a really, really good story about Science Dog, like, the main character from this fictional comic book series within the Image Comics, like, Invincible Universe. And it's just, it's cool. I like it so that's Hmm. kind of honorable mention because that's like an anthropomorphic dog um also got to mention crypto the super dog i mean superman has a pet dog you know the old filmation cartoon superman's always kick Superboy's always kicking around with crypto Mm -hmm. six issue uh uh, six issue crypto got his own series that lasted six issues uh uh-huh so i love
1: ace in batman beyond oh sure (laughs) I yeah. can't you handle sad dog. All dog stories Intense. are inherently sad. There's some sadness to because dogs are so good. Yes. That's the thing. No matter dogs, how nice dogs the dog being like is.
0: sad and confused is the most heartbreaking thing that there is for me. <laughs> I can't. I can't handle it. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it, but I do want to tell you about my final graphic novel collection selection here, and that is mm-hmm. Dogs of War by Sheila Keenan with illustrations by Nathan Fox. Mm-hmm. This is one I want to say you even bought this for our collection. Do you remember this one? It is about. Oh yes, it's a. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's for the yes. Uh, the story about. Uh, dogs in the military. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I do. It's
0: just it's just really good, you know? Like yes. you you're seeing war from the perspective of these dogs, and it's just—it's uh, oddly effective. I think it's—I think it's really good. So that's what we have in our collection.
1: Yeah. It's weird that we're doing this on National Cat Day.
0: It is weird. It seems disrespectful yeah. in a way. I haven't
1: to, read a lot of cat books to the cats.
0: And cats are so aloof and so independent.
1: Yeah. That if without us, they're fine. Yeah, that's uh, the
0: silver lining. They don't care. They don't care that we're doing this on Cat Day. They don't care yeah. about Cat Day. They don't care about days.
1: Um. You know when. You know what? On I didn't even talk about this. Before Dog Books, I, before I read them, it, it just goes back to the original Lassie show sure. yeah, that I watched as a kid. Yep. That would be like, I almost think it's like the first fictional dog anything I experienced. So and I, I bet you part of me thought Lassie was like real Yeah, as a kid. I'm
0: sure all of so, you did, and I think part yeah. of you still hopes it is. So. Listen, I never got to have dogs as understood,
1: a kid. We, we We always rented. We always lived in apartments. You rented uh, dogs? No, Nick. We didn't rent dogs. Oh, okay. We uh, we didn't even have cats until I was about like 14. And so uh, no dogs in my life. I had friends who had dogs and I had family who had a dog or two. And it wasn't until I was married and we moved into an apartment in Florida that let us have a dog that I got old Scooter here. Scootity Scoot. So Scooter, uh, yeah, I already talked about it, but he's my first dog, my first like real dog, That's and uh, he's been a pretty good dog so far. Got him in uh, twenty fourteen at a dog fair, which is weird. We just went to a dog fair, paid thirty dollars, and left with Scooter.
0: Left with Scooter, wow. We didn't
1: have to do anything, wow. Uh, but he, he's he's pretty good, and now now we have three dogs, and I I'm I can't see a world where I don't have can't dogs. I have two. Yeah. yeah, I have a Shih
0: Tzu Pomeranian dog named Arbuckle, who we've had mm-hmm. for. Since he was a puppy, so like over ten years now, uh, and then we have a, a a mix like dog who is uh, her name's Meredith, and sometimes <laughs> they get along and sometimes they don't. Yeah.
1: Meredith is such a weird pattern. It has that like yeah, kind of is. like like wild. I don't know, like a Australian dog. Uh, yeah, kind of like, like kinda that like a red and black dog had a look.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny with the, like with Arbuckle we were not intending to buy a dog. We we were we were going to get a cat and then we went to this place and he was like the last of of like a a litter of puppies and mm-hmm. he was just like in a cage by himself and nobody wanted him and he was just like <laughs> pushed all the way back in the corner of the, Oh my gosh. Yeah, pushed all the way back in the corner of this cage That's like right. behind a counter and we were like what about that? And they were like, "Oh yeah, he was you know, just we nobody nobody wanted to mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, like, give you, uh, me that
1: dog. I remember when you got Arbuckle, uh, first interaction I really had with Arbuckle was me laughing really loudly yeah. and him taking that as a cue to leap from the floor into the right air in onto my face yep. like the, the face hugger from Alien. Yes. Yeah, it was so
0: crazy. It was just him and cats for a long time. And then my yeah. wife's always wanted a bigger dog. And mm-hmm. she on- saw some listing online. This this is a true story. It sounds insane, uh-huh. but it's true. Um, we had two parakeets, and one of them died. And she was trying to find another parakeet on, like, Pet Finder or something. And we ended up with this, like, big, bulky dog who we named Meredith. She was, mm-hmm. Meredith is a replacement for a dead parakeet. <laughs> so my wife just uh, saw her online and was like, we have to go see this dog. And we left yeah. with her.
1: And Scooter uh, was an only dog for a few years. Time will tell if uh, that was a mistake two two years he was an only dog uh our corgi mutt who's who's more like terrier in shape but corgi in stature okay um and then kendra was working with a with somebody who was fostering a beagle whose owner had uh who had gone to prison and lost custody of him and everything uh so we're like sure we can look at a beagle and uh yeah yeah sniffers has a sad story yeah um but yeah, so we have him. He's like, you know, he's like a pure beagle. Uh, but he he's old too. Him and Scooter are like the same age. And then we have like uh, Standler and Waldorf from the Muppets, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then we have Sophie, who is uh, six years old, a six-year-old golden retriever, mm-hmm. who uh, was my in-laws' dogs, but they uh, they couldn't keep him when they uh, when they moved. Mm-hmm. So we we took Sophie in, and she's been living with us for about three years now. Oh, wow.
0: You know it's funny, like our oh, yeah. buckle. Our buckle is a little dog, and our son has just uh-huh. like never really warmed to him. You know, he's just kind of like yeah. whatever. And then we got Meredith, who's much bigger. And at first he was kind of like afraid, but now he just loves her. Just like yeah. loves her. She's yeah, his she favorite. It's crazy. I, so. I love Sophie's.
1: Sophie's a big dog. I want a yeah. bigger dog. I yeah. Wa- I want oh, a, you and my wife. My I wife wants yeah. a dog
0: that's bigger than her. She she would take it.
1: You know. Yeah, I, I would take a Great Dane or a Saint Bernard. Uh, though I'm also, I'm, that's I'm,
0: I'm, a lot of slobber.
1: I'm feeling a, I'm feeling a Collie these days. Mm, like like uh, when it's, it's time like to get, from yeah, somewhere. when it's when it's time to get a new dog, I'm thinking I might try to find a a, a Collie. You know what? I,
0: I've got one more uh, honorable mention here for dog books, and that's the Goldfinch by Donna Tart. Uh, this huh. has, <laughs> yeah, this is. Uh, that's why I said honorable mention because the Goldfinch is not a dog book, but. At the center of it, the main character is just a kid who cannot catch a break. And he's kind of shuffled around from person to person who he's, he's supposed to be living with. And eventually he ends up with his father and his father's girlfriend. And the girlfriend has a dog. And they don't care about the dog. The dog's just kind of like around. And so the kid just sort of like adopts the dog and starts taking care of the dog. And like the dog who they named Pop Chick is like really like the one bright light in this kid's life. And it just becomes, like, this really crucial part of his of his development as a character in the novel. And so, like, you know, I love that little dog in the story. So that's, uh, while not technically a dog book, it's worthy of honorable mention.
1: Um, I'll just throw in, I watched the movie A Far Off Place as a kid. Okay. It's a Disney movie with a young Reese Witherspoon oh. uh, from... 1993 it's about a girl whose wealthy family living in Africa is uh is killed and they escape into uh like the African wilderness and then the desert and interact with some elephants and they stop a uh ivory trading company but I remember watching the movie and they have a dog at the beginning and then the dog just isn't there at the end and I was concerned (laughs) and that's it I don't think it was ever explained I don't think they ever talk about what or show what happens to the dog, but I just didn't remember the dog wasn't there at the end and I was like, what the yeah, heck?
0: You gotta know. You need your answers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I have to go and pet my dogs now, so we gotta wrap this up. Yeah. Scooter, come here. Scooter. <laughs> you're a good puppy. All right, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the All the Books Show. Thanks for tuning in and joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye everybody.